What's up, everyone? Welcome into episode number 133, where it is my honor and privilege to introduce a special guest during this episode, and that is Inter-Miami goalie Owen Finnerty. How are you doing, Owen? Good, man. How are you doing? Uh, super excited to be on the podcast. Yeah, thank you for taking your time to join the podcast. I know you've been incredibly busy with soccer, so hopefully things are going well down in Miami. Yeah, man. It's... Uh... You're right. It's been a little bit busy, but, you know, can't complain. You know, it's good to be busy. So, yeah, it's all, all is well in Miami. Awesome. That's great to hear. So, like I said in the introduction, you're a goalie, which means, of course, you play soccer. So, can you kind of talk about how you started playing the sport of soccer? Yeah, man, for sure. So, you know, I started playing at a really young age, you know, probably as long as I could walk, you know. Started kicking the ball around about two years old. And that was my, you know, my dad in the basement, my brother. Um, then got into, you know, some rec soccer, you know, it was about five or six, you know, just playing around with friends, you know, enjoying it. And then, you know, we had a really uh, talented group of local kids at a club called CW3 Extreme um, in Wald Lake, Michigan. Um, and we played together all the way through middle school um, until about eighth grade, freshman year. And then, uh, you know, we won a lot of stuff. Um, we were a local group, you know, great group of kids. And um, then we moved, I moved to Michigan Jags and we combined that team with the Michigan Jags team, uh, played one year of high school and then moved to the Academy, which is a, now it's something called something else. But back then it was called the DA Academy, um, played with Michigan Wolves Academy. And then, uh, after that, you know, moved into, uh, played there for three years and then played for Detroit city, um, for a summer after coming from Las Vegas, uh, played in Las Vegas with USL uh, championship team, Las Vegas lights. And then, you know, like I said, played with Detroit city for a summer and then was off to college. So yeah, that was kind of how I started playing and my pathway through. So were you always a goalie or when did you kind of start becoming a start there? Yeah. So I was, uh, you know, I played on the field and in goal until I was about 12. So I played both. Uh, I played, you know, center mid, I played uh, up top. Um, you know, just tried to, you know, always stay on the field as long as I could just because of foot skills. Um, you know, it kind of helps, especially you'll see a lot of goalkeepers now that played on the field when they were younger. It definitely helps them out in their career. So, you know, I tried to do that as long as I could. But I think I always knew I wanted to be a goalie long term. Uh, my dad was a professional goalie for 10 years in Detroit um, in the 90s. So he kind of influenced me a lot. Um, you know, I saw a lot of videos of him growing up and you know, he always kind of was able to coach me as a goalkeeper um, throughout my youth. So that was kind of where I felt I was strongest. So, you know, I think in my mind, I always knew I was going to be a goalkeeper in the long run. But, you know, I tried to play on the field as long as I could because I really enjoyed it as well. Yeah, yeah, that makes complete sense. And you talked a little bit about your journey through the sport. Like you played one year of high school, then you went to academy which i'm sure probably opened several different opportunities for you to get to play several different places so did you always kind of want to play college soccer or was that kind of something you really figured out at a later stage yes i always you know kind of had a feeling that i wanted to play uh college soccer you know i've had a goal since i was very very young to play professionally um you know as a lot of kids do and you know, going through the kind of the ranks, I figured, you know, I think I got, you know, I got the talent for this. Um, and, you know, for my pathway, you know, college seemed like the best, you know, route for me. Um, you know, I think that now a lot of kids, they're going straight from, you know, academy to the pro levels and kind of skipping college. But, 
you know, I think that especially for a goalkeeper, um, you know, college is definitely a really good route because you're getting a lot of games, a lot of experience. Um, you know, the age, you know, the, the jump from 18 to 22 when you graduate, it's a big difference, you know, in maturity and on and off the field. So I think for a goalkeeper, I think that going to college is still a very, very good option to get to the pro game. So, you know, that's what I felt was good for me. And yeah, I, I kind of always knew I wanted to play college soccer. So. Yeah. And everyone's path to being a professional is different, especially in the sport of soccer, because there's so many different avenues like you were talking about, but let's talk about your decision to play college soccer at the introduction. I said, enter Miami football club. That's not college. Um, you decided to play at Michigan. Can you kind of talk about how you decided to play at Michigan? What kind of your recruitment process was like? Why you, and why you even chose Michigan to play there for a few years? For sure. Yeah. I think, you know, for me, um, like you said, you know, when I went to Academy, I think a lot of doors opened up. Um, you know, that's kind of how it was back when I was playing, you know, Academy was the way to get recruited. Um, not that you couldn't get recruited playing high school, but, you know, playing Academy definitely helped your recruitment process. Um, you know, being from Michigan, you know, I grew up in Michigan. Um, I always knew that, you know, Michigan State and Michigan would um, kind of be two options I would look at at least. Um, you know, at first, I really didn't think I was going to go in-state. I went to a couple of different visits. I went to schools like Villanova. Um, I went to Cornell. Uh, I visited Harvard. Um, a few other ones, um, you know, I was looking around and then Michigan, you know, I went to a camp with them, you know, they originally didn't need a goalkeeper from my age group, but they ended up contacting me and saying, Hey, look, you know, we'd love to have you, um, you know, we'd love to make you an offer. And, um, you know, it was obviously a tough decision between them and a few other schools, but I felt that Michigan, you know, was the best option for me because of, you know, how much they care about their athletics um, and their academics, kind of the, the balance between the two of them. Um, and yeah, they had everything there, you know, between the facilities, um, you know, the players, you know, they'd come off a few good solid years. Um, so yeah, I felt like Michigan was definitely the best opportunity for me. Um, and yeah, it was a great mix from academics and athletic standpoint. And it seems like you were able to take that opportunity to play there because you played there quite a bit. So can you kind of talk about what your experience was like there and what was like being a division one athlete? Because I think a lot of people kind of see, Hey, being a division athlete, one athlete, you get all these scholarships, you get all these recognition, but I don't think people understand how difficult and time consuming it is being a division one athlete. Like I was never a division one athlete, but just talking to a few division one athletes in the past is basically like school, your sport, school, your sport. I'm pretty sure in Michigan is probably very similar to that, if not more demanding. Yeah, no, for sure. It's uh, definitely a time commitment. And, you know, like you said, Michigan is, you know, no joke on the academic side either. Um, you know, I was in the Ross School of Business at Michigan, one of the top, you know, business schools in the, in the world. And, you know, between that and, and soccer, there's definitely, you know, a need for, you know, time management and having that skill. Um, I think that I definitely got better at it as it went on. But, you know, in the beginning, that time management is definitely, you know, a little bit of a struggle. But, you know, as I went on, you figure out kind of how to manage classes and homework, um, as well as, you know, your practice schedule, and you get better at it as you move on. But, you know, overall, I think being a Division One athlete, you know, it takes a lot of commitment. You know, you have to be on your studies, you have to eat right, you have to sleep right, you have to, you know, 
get, you know, all you need to be done in your sport between, you know, games, travel, um, practices every day, you know, rest when you can get it. Um, so there's a lot that goes into it. Um, but, you know, for me, I really enjoyed that. You know, I kind of always knew that was going to be, you know, my life and I wanted that. I chose that. And, you know, I was always trying to set myself up to become a professional athlete. So I kind of had that angle in mind. But yeah, you know, Michigan was definitely a very positive experience for me. And, you know, as I learned to balance it, you know, I was able to enjoy even more and have a little bit more time to myself. So, um, yeah, I think that overall, the Division One athlete, you know, it takes a lot of commitment. And yeah, there's obviously some upsides. You get a lot of nice gear and, you know, nice privileges. But, you know, there's definitely a lot of uh, a lot of grind behind the scenes as well. Yeah, absolutely. And it sounds like you really enjoyed your first couple of years at Michigan, but you didn't end your college career at Michigan. You end up deciding to make the decision to en- enter the transfer portal. So can you kind of talk about that decision on entering the transfer portal? And then you also decided to attend Michigan State, which is the rival of Michigan's, which is probably not something super common to do to transfer from one school to their rival. So can you kind of talk about that decision as well? I know you talked about that Michigan State was in the running for you as well early on. Yeah, for sure. So like you said, not something that happens very often. Um, you know, I definitely did not want to, you know, I didn't plan on leaving Michigan in the first place when I got there. You know, I don't think anyone really plans on, you know, leaving, you know, because you have everything set up and, you know, you got friends and, you know, you got, you know, relationships and setups and you're in school and, you know, it's a lot to do, you know, it's a lot that goes into, you know, transitioning to another school. Um, but, you know, for me, it was more about, you know, they, my first two years, um, I played a lot. I played well, um, got a lot of good opportunities. My junior year, I started splitting time with another kid who came in and, uh, you know, he was a great competitor. You know, we battled it out and, you know, I just felt for me between, you know, some, some people leaving, uh, Michigan and, uh, between some opportunities elsewhere, uh, with more playing time, possibly, you know, I, I was feeling that I needed to move and, um, you know, to make a move for myself, to set myself up for the pro game. And uh, although it was hard, I think, you know, it definitely paid off. You know, I was not only looking at state, obviously there's a few other schools that I was interested in and state popped up on the radar because um, their keeper who was there for five years, Hunter Morris, he ended up transferring um, to Western Michigan. So they kind of were in need. Um, you know, they were looking for a guy to come in and, you know, battle it out and, you know, try to get that spot. So, you know, when I came in, at Michigan State, you know, I was ready to go. And um, like you said, you know, I'd talked to them in the past. They had recruited another kid um, in my age group as well. So I didn't talk to them long in high school. But um, when I ended up, you know, committing to Michigan State, you know, there was definitely a lot of people surprised. Um, As you said, it's not that common for people to go between the two schools. Um, But at the same time, I knew a lot of the kids on the team. So it was a pretty easy transition for me to go from Michigan to State. and, you know, the coaches at, you know, Michigan, obviously they, you know, probably didn't want to see me go to state, but they understood that, you know, I had to make decisions to, you know, help out my career as well, you know, and uh, the coaches at state were super, super welcoming and the players were welcoming and I had a very, very positive experience at state. So, yeah, definitely really happy with, uh, you know, my decisions. Yeah, that's great to hear. I think a lot of the whole talk about the transfer portal is there's some good aspects of it there's some not good aspects of it I think it kind of depends on who you ask some people might say well they're running away from competition 
other people in your situation might be like, hey, you know what? I'm not running away from competition because I was able to succeed here, but I want a better opportunity, which it seems like you got Michigan State. And at Michigan State, you also get to play your old team for, I believe, Big Bear, I believe is what it's called. Yes. How was how was that? How was playing in Michigan for Big Bear? And you guys won that game, so that had to be a pretty cool moment I would assume maybe a little bit of mixed emotions because you just beat your formal team but experience like yeah so you know there's a lot I could say about that um you know it's a big game you know when I was at Michigan it was a big game and when I was at State it was a big game you know being on both sides of that was pretty interesting and honestly pretty cool you know as a kid growing up in Michigan I watched that game plenty of times growing up um you know and it was obviously always been a very heated rivalry and been, you know, a lot of really good games in the past. And, you know, when I was at Michigan, we played, uh, I personally played Michigan state five times and was on the winning side five times out of those five. Um, and then when I was at state, we played Michigan that one time and beat them. So I could say I was on the winning side a lot of times. So super, (laughs) super grateful for that. Uh, you know, able to, you know, experience a lot of great moments in that game. Um, and it means a lot to me that game. So, you know, winning the Big Bear, especially that last time, was definitely a, you know, sweet feeling. Um, and like you said, you know, there's definitely a little bit of feeling like, you know, those are all my, you know, friends who are on the team. And, you know, I was at Michigan for three years. So it was definitely a feeling of, you know, I wouldn't say bittersweet, but, you know, there's that, you know, little feeling of, you know, those are all my, you know, old friends and my friends, you know, still to this day, really good friends. So it was very interesting. And, uh, you know, but like I said, was not a better feeling to be on the winning side of a rivalry game. So it's definitely a pretty cool feeling, you know, to be on the, the good side of that game multiple times and uh, enjoying that big bear. Cause it's definitely something that a lot of people wish they could do. And, you know, as a kid growing up, I was, you know, pretty, pretty excited to go to most of those games. So pretty cool to be in a lot of those, uh, you know, high pressure, big moments and be on top. So yeah, yeah overall pretty exciting. Yeah, absolutely. And you're in the conversation of those great um, either Michigan athletes, Michigan State athletes that never lost to the rival. Like, think about it. You got Kirk Cousins for Michigan State. You got Mike Hart for Michigan. While they might get a little bit more conversation, it's still pretty cool that you were able to be in that conversation of saying, hey, I never lost to my rival, even though I was on both teams. Yeah, pretty cool. Like, you know, honestly, it's something that you know, I didn't really think about much until after the fact, but, you know, to be, you know, to play Michigan State so many times when I was at Michigan, it was pretty wild to be on the other side of that rivalry um, and to win as well. So, you know, like you said, it's pretty uh, unique, but, you know, I definitely uh, happy to say I never lost either side. So, <laughs> yeah, pretty cool. Yeah, that's awesome. Um, before we get into kind of where you are currently, uh, I do want to ask, was there like different approaches from Michigan and Michigan State going into the Big Bear game or was it all kind of a similar approach? Yeah, I would say it's pretty similar, like, you know, from both sides. I think the one difference would be, you know, Michigan State, you know, I think my senior year, we really played, you know, probably one of the best games we played all year. And I think a lot of that was down to, you know, we had the we had our eye on that game for a long time, you know, even into the off season the previous year. And I think that that made a real big difference. You know, I think that we 
you know, we played that game. We, we've been looking forward to that game for a long time. And not that we didn't do that at Michigan, but I felt that extra at State. Um, and that game was, you know, with some – there was a lot of importance to it. And I think part of that fact was, you know, they hadn't won that game, in, especially at home, in like five years. So, you know, they really, really wanted that game and that, you know, Big Bear Trophy to come back to Michigan. So we, you know, we definitely, you know, had that grit feeling that last game. Um, but at Michigan, you know, my first few years, you know, we were a really, really talented team. So, you know, we kind of went into every game like, you know, we're going to win this game. Um, you know, we had a lot of confidence. So a little bit different, but all, all in all pretty similar, you know, approach. Yeah, both both of them kind of see, see it as a huge game, and I think that's the way rivalry should be. But yeah, after your season at Michigan State, um, you decided to sign with Inter Miami CF. Or, um, so can you kind of talk about that decision going into signing with them and how everything's been going? Because like you talked about earlier, you're living a lifelong dream. You've always wanted to be a professional soccer player, and you are. Yeah, it's pretty wild, you know, to be honest. And, yeah, so when I went out of state, you know, I entered the draft, um, the MLS draft. I didn't get drafted. I wasn't sure if I was going to get drafted or not. Um, you know, I, I kind of was – it was up in the air. Um, and, you know, after the draft, obviously you want to get drafted. But, you know, pretty much right away a couple teams reached out. Um, and I ended up actually going to Salt Lake City uh, for Real Salt Lake's preseason, um, their first team preseason. Um, I was out there from, I'd say, it was like January 6th through February 7th. Um, and I was kind of on trial out there with them. Had a great experience. You know, the club was great. Um, but, you know, they were kind of deciding what contract they wanted to do and who they were going to sign. So it was a little bit kind of wishy-washy. And then I ended up going to getting a call from my agent that um, Miami, they wanted to sign me, you know, on the phone. Um, so I was like, that's a pretty crazy opportunity. I knew they had some interest in me before. Um, so they'd kind of, we'd talked to them before um, a little bit, you know, previously. Um, so it wasn't, you know, too much of a surprise, but um, ended up signing with them um, in early February. And yeah, it's been going great. You know, the, the facilities down here are incredible. You know, it's a little bit hot, but I can't complain. Uh, it's better than the snow. So uh, I definitely enjoying it down here and the coaching staff's great. Um, the goalkeeping, you know, environment is, you know, a very important thing for development and it's very, very good down here. So, you know, we have a great group of guys, you know, Drake Callender's the starter down here. Um, he just got called up to the men's national team for the second time um, as of today. So, you know, definitely a, a really good group of guys um, and coaches. So definitely happy down here. That's great to hear. And like you said, you're getting out of the cold. So yeah. that's, pro that's right. probably another positive of being a goalie. You got, even though, like you said, it's pretty hot down there, it's probably better to be a goalie when it's a little hot than yeah. probably <laughs> snow on the ground. Yes, yes, definitely. So we kind of talked about your journey, how you went to Michigan, Michigan State, signing with Miami. Let's kind of talk about some of your achievements and memories because you've been playing soccer for a really long time. I mean, we've talked about Big Bear. We've talked about other things. But to you, what are some of the greatest accomplishments and memories you've had playing soccer? It could be from when you're little. It could be from Michigan State, from Michigan, or it could be you signing that contract. For sure. Yeah, that's a great question, actually. And I, I think going back, you know, to just pick a few, I think – 
you know, first of all, making the uh, getting a U.S. Uh, national team U18 call up uh, was pretty cool. Uh, my junior year at high school, um, and was able to go into a camp in uh, Kansas City, and that was a really, you know, really cool opportunity for me. Um, you know, to be able to do that and play with some very top players. Um, should name a few. Um, there was Justin Hack was there. Um, Julian Arojo was there, who's at Barca now. Um, so there was a lot of talented players. There's a bunch more um, to name, but that was really cool to be able to kind of meet those guys um, and kind of get, you know, in that circle of players is pretty neat. Um, and then moving forward, honestly, you know, those big bear games are pretty, pretty cool to be a part of and, you know, to win. Cause I'd seen them, you know, watched a bunch of them growing up. So it was something I'd kind of always, you know, been around. So to be in those games and lift that trophy up is pretty cool. Um, winning the, uh, or getting to the sweet 16, my freshman year was you know, a really cool experience, especially as a freshman and playing at Wake Forest, a really cool place to play at that, you know, I'd kind of seen growing up and, you know, making that run was definitely something I'll never forget. Um, you know, my freshman year, um, and, you know, I would say move, obviously then signing the contract, you know, here was obviously a milestone I've been looking forward to for a while. So I'd say those are kind of the main, main ones I'm proud of, but you know, overall, just, you know, super happy to be in the spot that I'm in now and, and extremely blessed. And, you know, obviously uh, looking forward to making more strides moving forward and, you know, make some some jumps in the next few years. Yeah, I hope you get the opportunity to do that. And I hope you uh, do that because it seems like you're extremely passionate about the sport. It seems like you're extremely hardworking and because of that, you're able to achieve those great memories great accomplishments, but those, those don't come easy um, for anyone because you put in a lot of hours preparing for those moments. You go through struggles, you go through practice, you probably have been injured at some point. So can you kind of talk about some of those greatest struggles you've experienced in the sport of soccer and how those struggles have made those great accomplishments all worth it for you? Yeah, for sure. And I think that's a big part of it. You know, every athlete, you know, has to experience struggles to, you know, make strides toward, you know, where they want to be in the future. And, you know, if you don't experience those struggles, good for you, but I don't think that that's going to be the case. And, you know, for me, I, I think the biggest struggle is, and I don't even know if I'd count this as a struggle, but, you know, having to, you know, really, really work for what I've been, you know, what I've earned. And, you know, I think that, you know, there's obviously some opportunities that, have you know come my way and people might say that oh they're lucky you know my freshman year um i was able to start because our senior who was an absolute stud andrew verdi um he was unfortunately injured in the game and you know i was the backup and i got to you know start after that for the rest of the season um and he was you know super talented and you won all conference that year but you know yes you know it was uh you know i didn't get in unless he got injured but I was ready and, you know, I was playing with taped fingers and I was staying in the limelight and, you know, trying to really, really stay, you know, in that second spot so I could, you know, be ready if anything happened. So, um, you know, obviously being a backup, no one likes to be a backup, but, you know, that's a struggle, you know, for say, but, you know, if you're ready for your chance, you know, that's, that's what you need to do. Just always be ready for that chance, that next opportunity um, and kind of, you know, take the positives as they come. Um, and I think that, you know, luck is an interesting word in sports, but, you know, when preparedness meets opportunity, I think that's when luck comes. So, 
you know, I think that definitely multiple times in my career, I've experienced kind of a setback of maybe not starting when I want to start, um, you know, at, at Michigan, my third year, you know, I battled for some time so that, you know, obviously it wasn't ideal, but, you know, definitely learned a lot through that process and had to advocate for myself and move to state, which was definitely a, you know, scary and interesting time. But like I said, you know, those setbacks set you up for success and, you know, being at Michigan State was an extreme success, in my opinion, and, you know, had a great year and, you know, enjoyed it. The coaching staff was great and really, you know, thrived in that environment and ended up getting second team, you know, all conference, my senior year, all tournament team, and then was able to make the jump to the pro level. And, you know, even now, you know, not getting a, you know, extreme amount of game time and, you know, working really, really hard in practice and in training to, you know, increase that and show that, you know, I got the ability you know, I have the work ethic and, you know, the mindset to succeed. So, you know, it's always about, you know, every day, can you win the day? Can you win the day? And, you know, really try to focus on just winning the day. Um, that's something that I've tried to do in the last few years and it's tend to serve me well. So, yeah, I think there's a lot of setbacks I could talk about, but I think in the end, it's all about, you know, those setbacks definitely prepare you for that next jump and that next, uh, you know, big opportunity. Yeah. And I absolutely agreed with you about, being prepared about taking that opportunity because for some people you might just get that one opportunity and if you don't take it then there's that big question of what if I took that opportunity or what if something changed and I think you've been able to take that opportunity and I think what a lot of what you're saying is just good advice in general is mm -hmm. that hey, continue continue to work hard continue to wait for your opportunity and sometimes it might come with luck or unfortunate situations for the other person because I'm assuming when the other Michigan goalie went down you weren't there just like cheering because that's not that's not what teammates do like right. you know that there's an opportunity there now you actually get to play but then you feel bad for that goalie and I think we've seen time in time out other athletes take that opportunity like for example it's probably the go in football, but in my opinion, Tom Brady, like mm -hmm. Tom Brady had an opportunity at the Patriots when Drew Bledsoe got hurt. He took that opportunity and now he has six Super Bowl championships. So it's all about having that opportunity. And it seems like that has helped you, but also your preparedness and your hard work has propelled you to where you are currently today. Yeah, no, I could, t I totally agree with you. And, you know, I think that, on the other side of that, you know, like you were talking about, you obviously, you're a teammate in the end and you feel bad for, you know, when something happens to someone and you know, obviously you don't wish that upon anyone, but you know, at the same time, when that does happen, you know, you got to kind of block out distractions and say, okay, that happened. You know, I got to perform now. <laughs> and it's such an interesting like turn of your mindset. You know, it's like, you know, sports are crazy like that. In one instant, so much can change, you know, for the good or for the bad. So you kind of just got to, take every opportunity you got and, you know, go with it. So yeah, that's, that's kind of that you could talk about multiple like things that that's happened in the past. And like you said, Tom Brady, it's like, you know, he took his chance and obviously, yeah, we know what happened after that. So. Yeah. Yeah, ab absolutely. So we got a couple more questions. Um, and this is probably one of my favorite questions because I think this kind of makes you um, look back at everything 
first started playing soccer to where you currently are. So if you could sit down with yourself when you first started playing soccer and kind of like tell um, yourself at a young age some things that you wish you knew at the time or just kind of describe everything you've experienced. Like what would you tell yourself? Because guess what? You're, you're living what your young self dreamed about. Like I'm sure you probably watched – professional soccer so often that you're like hey i want to be there i wish i'm going to be there now if you, now if you had this opportunity you would be a person that maybe your young self is looking up to exactly you know that's wild to think about you know i think i think first off you know i'd tell myself that you know number one is not going to be easy um you know i think that you think oh it's just going to happen you know it's it's not going to be easy and yeah, I think my young self would have known that, but I think it'd be, you know, good to hear. And I think the second the second thing I would say is don't give up and always believe in yourself. And I know it sounds very cliche, but you know, especially as a goalkeeper in soccer, and there's a few other positions like quarterback, I would say, and a few others that only one guy plays. And, you know, it's tough sometimes with confidence. Like, you know, you you know, get in a situation, maybe you're not playing as much as you want. Your confidence, you know, might go down. But I think that self-belief is so important. And I think that, that over the years, I've really honed that in, developed that self-belief where no matter what happens, you just always got to be telling yourself, you know, I can do this. I got this. I'm good enough. I'm, you know, I'm talented enough for this. And, you know, I think that some athletes struggle with that. And that's something that a lot of athletes, you know, try and work on and hone their skills and, you know, believing in themselves and having that confidence. But, you know, I think as a older self, I would tell myself, just continue with that belief. You know, I'd still tell myself that to this day. So, you know, that's something that I think is really, really important, especially when you want to make it to, you know, high level. But and the last thing in that would just be, you know, also tell myself to just enjoy it. You know, it's a process. I think you just enjoy the process. Don't get too caught up in, oh, I want to be somewhere else all the time. I want to be a, you know, college athlete. I want to be a pro athlete. You know, it's like there's so many positive and fun moments, you know, that I look back on and. No, I forgot to mention this when you asked about accomplishments, but, you know, playing for Detroit City, um, my local team, you know, as an 18-year-old was just an incredible experience and something that I still look back on super fondly. Um, and, you know, being the youngest ever starter for their club at the time and, you know, playing in front of my family and my friends and a bunch of fans and, you know, as an 18-year-old was pretty cool. And, you know, looking back, I'd say really enjoy those moments because those are moments you'll, you know, always remember, so. I think as cliche as it is, you just always enjoy what you're doing because, you know, if you're not, then why are you doing it? <laughs> so. Yeah, or or the whole thing of, like, if you enjoy what you do every single day, it's like you're not working a single day in your life. Right. That's that's exactly it. And, yeah, so I think bottom line is just enjoy it, you know, work hard and, you know, always have that self-belief. Absolutely. I completely agree with you. So we got two last questions. One's going to be kind of a two-part question. Going to maybe put you on the spotlight a little bit. And then the last question will be about advice just in general. I think you've given a lot of good advice, but just advice in general. So the question before that, um, do you think you'll ever go back and watch a big bear game in person? And if you do, will you be wearing a green or will you be wearing maize and blue? Or will you be one of those people that have like a half jersey where one's going to be green one's going to be either maize or blue that's a great question and actually i've uh i've thought about that one before and to answer the first part yes 
I'll definitely be back at multiple Big Bear games in the future. Um, you know, experiencing that as, you know, a spectator will definitely be a little less stressful. Um, so I definitely am excited to go back and watch those games in person um, and be on the kind of spectator side of it. Um, but to be honest, you know, I think, you know, if you ask me right now, I think I'll be wearing a, a Spartan on the chest. Um, Let's you know, go. I, I'll be wearing a Spartan on the chest and uh, some Sparty gear. And, you know, I think the reason I say that is, you know, nothing against Michigan at all. Um, you know, Michigan, I was there for three years and a huge, huge part of my life and my development. But, you know, in the end of my, you know, college career, um, Damon and the guys at Michigan, you know, or at Michigan State, excuse me, they really, you know, believed in me and gave me a real big opportunity. So, you know, I think, you know, it's fair to, to wear the Sparty crowd. And, you know, I think that that's where that's where I'm at right now. So but that's a tough question. You know, it's hard because, you know, I still enjoy watching, you know, Michigan football and, you know, basketball. And, you know, I'm kind of in a weird spot with that when it comes to other sports. But, but yeah, I think, like I said, you know, those guys at State, Damon and Nick and Joe and TJ, those coaches, you know, they really gave me a real big opportunity. So I'm, uh, I'm, I'm rooting Sparty in that game. Yeah, and it'll probably be easier if you go to the game at East Lansing to wear the green, <laughs> green and white compared to going in Ann Arbor. might be a little bit more difficult, especially if there's certain people that know you're there. But trust me, I'm sure I'm sure if that's your goal and you go to one in Ann Arbor, you still wear um, green and white. So that's awesome. Yeah, it's definitely, like I said, it's definitely hard. And I wish I could wear both, to be honest. You know, I don't think I'm a guy that would wear a split shirt. <laughs> I don't really feel like I'd do that. But I think in the end, you know, a Sparty shirt would be good. But, you know, who knows? Maybe I'll show up and look like a, you know, an incognito <laughs> game or something. I don't know. But, you, you, uh, you don't show up in green or amazing blue. You just show up in just a random color and just <laughs> see who wins. I guess, you know, we'll see. But, you know, we'll see. That's the plan right now is to uh, – you know, go to the game and enjoy it. So hopefully I can just uh, go and not be too stressed about the, uh, about the game and enjoy some good soccer. So <laughs> that's the plan. Hey, being a Michigan state fan, when you said this party logo, I was, I was pretty happy with that. So that's good. No, that's good. <laughs> no, no, no hate to um, Michigan at all. I've had several Michigan play- athletes on here as well. They're all great, but bleed green all the time. Yeah. So. Yeah. No, I feel that. And, you know, that's something, as you could say, like, you can definitely attest, like, I mean, that Michigan State fan base is, you know, gritty and something else. So it's it's definitely fun to be a part of that. Absolutely. So one last question, um, and it's about advice. What would, what kind of advice would you give to those athletes that either want to achieve the goal of playing in college or professional, or maybe that just might want to start playing soccer in general? For sure. I think, like, you know, like I kind of said earlier, it's just enjoying the game. Um, it's super cliche, but, you know, even to this day, I was walking into practice this morning and just had a big smile on my face and like, you know, wow, I just, I get to come out here and play and, you know, just enjoy it. And that's, you know, refreshing for me because, like I said, if you're not enjoying it, you know, it's, it's really tough. So I think that, you know, first, first piece of advice would be whatever level you're at, you know, high school, rec, college even the pro level, it's just whatever you're doing, just put yourself in a situation where you're really enjoying it. And, you know, that can mean different things to different people. So, you know, whatever that means for you. Um, but I think that's the first piece. And then the second piece, you know, would be is, 
you know, this is a kind of a different piece of advice, but, you know, if you really want to improve, I think the first thing that I would say to anyone is watch soccer. And as funny as that sounds, it's, it's very true. You know, I think the more that you can watch soccer and watch Premier League games on the weekend and, you know, really get into watching soccer, it helps a lot with your soccer IQ and how you see the game and, you know, how you understand different things that happen in your own game. So I think a big piece of advice from you would be, you know, watch as much soccer as you can. And, you know, for me, I really just enjoy watching it too. So it's definitely something to do for fun and also to help you improve your game. Or attend the World Cup in 2026 when it comes to the U.S. I mean, that's the dream. So hopefully uh, hopefully you guys can come watch me play, but we'll see. <laughs> hey, hey ho- hopefully, hopefully you'll be there representing Team USA. But, Owen, I appreciate you joining. It's been an awesome time talking with you. I hope you had fun. But like I said, for everyone, if you ever want to come back on, the window, the door is always open. would love to have you back on. But... Like I always say, I wish you nothing but the best. I hope you continue to achieve your dream. And hopefully, like you said, hopefully we'll be seeing you on the Team USA roster in a couple of years. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. It's a blast. And uh, I'd love to come back on in the future. So just uh, hit me up if you uh, ever interested. Absolutely. I definitely will. And that is a wrap to episode 133. Thank you again to Owen for and tune in to the next episode.